0: Good morning everybody. I want to start on time because uh, we have a lot of information and we have limited time. We have one hour this morning to try to understand Islam. Well, we'll do our best. (laughs) My name is Fawad Masri. If you can't say Fawad, call me Joe. The answer to that one. We have, um, we are ministry partners with uh, Southeast Christian. This is our third Um, time to teach on Islam and how to minister to Muslims. It's exciting to see a medical conference on utilizing medical the field to build bridges with others bless others uh, our first physicians was jesus and he was the first mobile health clinic because he would walk from town to town healing the sick so what you are doing here is exciting what you doing here is wonderful what you doing here is according to god's heart we always start with this verse john chapter 10 verse 10 jesus says i came that they might have life and have it abundantly and in the medical field, you guys see that. Sometimes, you know, you give somebody small medicine that gets rid of an infection or something like that, and just suddenly their life is changed. Or, you know, it could be a toothache, and you're a dentist, and you fix that toothache, and suddenly <laughs> the person who've all had that toothache that you cannot, uh, you know, de- uh, debilitating, you can't move, move anymore. But uh, So it's exciting to see this conference. Every time we speak on Islam, we like to do a challenge for people to get involved in sharing the gospel and I'll share a little bit why we want to share the gospel with Muslims but the verse is always we're doing this because Jesus told us to uh, Share with others that he has come that they might have life and have it more abundantly uh, My name is Fouad Masri and I said that because I grew up in Beirut, Lebanon So I have a strange name and I'm a little tired this morning because yesterday I flew in from Costa Rica So, I got in from Costa Rica, it was 70 degrees there, I get here, it's like, good night, you know, winter did come to the the Midwest, so it was exciting, Uh, two days, we trained 120 uh, ministers and uh, mission workers on how to build bridges among Muslims and then how to plant a church in a Muslim community, so we talked about culture... We talked a little bit about magic in Islam We talked a little bit also about women in Islam Who are the most vulnerable people And as Crescent Project, as a ministry We believe that we want to empower uh, Muslim women Empower Muslims to know Jesus who is the real power And also empower Christians to build bridges with Muslims So this is the city I grew up in That's why I have an accent Uh, Now I moved to Nashville, Tennessee So I'm worried I might have a double accent now, I guess, but anybody from Tennessee, okay, welcome. Just moved there about five, six months ago. Grew up in Beirut, got saved in Beirut during the Lebanese Civil War. There's no screen. screen. It was just working, what happened? Hey, okay, show you a close-up. First, let's show you John chapter 10 with the Arabic calligraphy, thanks Glenn, it says, John chapter 10 verse 10, this is the city, I grew up three blocks from that seashore, these are known as the Pigeon Rocks, it's a very nice place, all the tourists come, and during the civil war I got saved, my dad is Lebanese, but my mom is Syrian, so you can see I've been a hostage all my life, until I came to America as an international student, Uh, my mom uh, doesn't like this joke, Uh, But Lebanon is a small country; it's the size of Connecticut. Uh, In one hour and a half, you can go from Beirut, Lebanon, to Damascus, Syria. So, if you guys move to the Middle East and you come to Lebanon, you can from Lebanon, you can drive to Syria, you can drive to Jordan. You know, so in Jordan, I can be in Amman in four hours. I moved to America; I drove twenty hours, and I was still in the state of Texas. So, (laughs) so you can tell (laughs) it's a shock. But um, when I got saved, started sharing the gospel with my neighbors, Shia, Sunni. and I noticed that one of the problems in Islam today is they don't know what Christians believe. Most of the problem in Muslims today, they don't even know their own faith. Most Muslims today are nominal. So one of the ways to understand Islam and understand Muslims when you're working with them, one of the things you understand is it's a religion that has been mixed with culture, with their politics. So when you meet somebody who says, I'm a Christian, in America, they tend to know more about the Christian faith. I mean, I, I know about those people who show up Christmas and Easter, I guess you call them keisters, but the, <laughs> the, the idea is that most of the time in America, if somebody says, I'm a committed Christian, you tend to know about their faith. In Islam, that's not the case. 90%, almost 95% of Muslims you meet are nominal Muslims, which means they have traditional information about other religions, including their own religion. Now, this is the key 1040 window, just briefly to show you this picture. These are the countries that if you are born... In these countries, chances of you seeing a page of the New Testament is zero. So that adds more to the intensity of sharing the gospel. If you are a believer this morning, my challenge for you is that you get equipped on how to share the gospel. We're going to talk a little bit about Islam now as a religion, but we need to be a people that moves beyond just talking about religion and just helping them. And that's what's happening today in many refugee work where we do... The healthcare, we do the help, the social issue, but we never get to the heart of the gospel. So there's no changed life. It's important to think this way. But if you are born in any of these countries, the chances of you seeing a page of the Bible is zero. Many Muslim countries ban the Bible. It's illegal. Right now, Algeria, they had, a, they had added a permission for people to start house churches. Algeria, the last two weeks, have been shutting down uh, churches and throwing people in prison. In Saudi Arabia today, if you change your faith, you will be executed. So one of the struggles we have is not only that, I mean, we all love Muslims who want to build bridges, but they live in countries where there's so much oppression and the religion is mixed with the culture. Uh, if you watch the news... Today, in the last three weeks, there have been riots in Iraq, South Iraq, among the Shia, because they don't like the Iranian Shia. So there have been a conflict between Arab-Persian, although they are both from the Shia Islam. Uh, You look at Lebanon, the same situation. Uh, Islam and the politics is so mingled that it creates more uh, problems for them. We've been doing ministry to Muslims for 25 years, and I just want to give you this this website quickly, crescentproject.org. There's a lot of resources. There's a book that uh, uh, I wrote. Uh, and they gave us. Uh, they were so kind. They gave us Book of the Year awards. Called "Connecting with Muslims." It's available also on Amazon. I would really encourage you. It will really change the way you start talking to Muslims, because you just start seeing them in a different way. Uh, right now, we see them with a the lens uh, from the media. I'm going to this. Sorry, I, I know I'm short, but I'm from Lebanon. You know, Lebanese people are sure, because we keep ducking bullets, we never have a chance. <laughs> now, for, uh, for you guys, all Arabs look alike. So I'm going to give you a clue how to tell Arabs from each other. If you see an Arab man with a lot of money, they're from Saudi Arabia. If you see a, an Arab man who's hard working, they're from Jordan. But if they are smart and good-looking, they're from Lebanon. So, (laughs) just a clue. (laughs) I'll be here, I'll tell you more jokes. I'll be at my booth. Our booth is in the student center. But to understand Islam, we have to go back to the founding of Islam. So the founder of Islam was Muhammad Uh, Muhammad was born in 570 AD Which is 570 years after Christ So this is very important thing for Muslims Because they say Muhammad was an Arab He is from the line of Ishmael He is from the line of Abraham So God chose him because he was from the line of Abraham God chooses Muhammad also because he was an Arab From the highest uh, tribe, Quraysh so when you become a Muslim, you have to get an Arabic name. When you pray in Islam, you must pray in Arabic. You cannot speak any other language. Allah understands Arabic. Muhammad is born 570 A.D. His culture is pagan. His culture is uh, filled with idols. That's according to Islamic history. We're finding that some of the, the Muslims teach about their history is not really exactly correct. There've been some problems uh, kind of with archaeology defining. Uh, things That uh, Muslims say And it's finding out That what they're saying Is not really exact Whether where the cities were Or how Islam Began Regardless I'm telling you their story So you understand Where they're coming from However When Muhammad was born His dad had died So his mom Was a widow Raising him Now there's a struggle When you read the hadith When you read the traditions Of Muhammad And you count the years His father might Have died Maybe two years before he was born So we're not sure what happened There is a tradition in Islam That a woman can be pregnant up to two years So I'm not sure if she's an elephant But anyway That's one of the problems in Islam today Is that a woman can be pregnant up to two years Because of that discrepancy between When Muhammad was born and his dad dad died However, he was born as an orphan, it's Arabia, it's 570 ADs, we don't have cars, we don't have computers, we don't have roads, it's all tribes raiding each other, caravans, making the business. So, uh, he's in a polytheistic society, then his mother dies, and he goes to his uh, grandfather's uh, house, then his grandfather dies, he goes to his uncle's house. So, you have to remember that uh, Muhammad's beginnings, he was the sensitive boy being pushed around, at age twenty five he marries Khadijah. Khadija is a wealthy widow. Their marriage was performed by her uncle, who, according to the traditions of Islam, he was a Christian minister. Now it wasn't like he wasn't evangelical, in those days it was Orthodox or cults, so we're not sure if he was a cultic cult of the Christians or a true Orthodox Christian. Regardless, as long as Khadijah was alive, it was one man and one woman. When Khadija died, he married 12 other wives. So because of that, Islam allows polygamy. One of the times you work into understand Islam, you have to understand where they're coming from. Well, Muhammad is the model Muslim. Well, if Muhammad married multiple wives, and the Quran allows it, so it's okay to have polygamy. In 610 AD, Muhammad had a revelation... He was in a cave, he was 40 years old, and an angel appeared from the ground and said to him, which means recite in the name of God who creates human. Muhammad gets so scared, he runs home. I won't tell you what happened, but uh, because we're a mixed group, but his wife asked him some questions after he told her that he saw this vision of an angel appearing from the ground, and she told him, why are you afraid? You might be a prophet. From then on, Muhammad moves from being a man to the messenger. So in Islam, we take Muhammad very seriously. He, we we he think, we know that he is a chosen and we think he is the seal of the Prophet. So insulting Muhammad is very bad in Islam. Okay? So, that, because now he's not a man anymore, he is the messenger. Like you and I in the Christian faith, When Jesus rose from the dead, Christ no longer, in our mind, is a rabbi, or a carpenter, or a teacher. He's now the Word of God, became flesh. So, Hebrews is an important book to read, because it shows the humanity of Jesus, but then the divinity of Christ, that He's the Word, become flesh. That's why we pray uh, in in Jesus' name. So, Muhammad switches from being a man to a messenger. And he will uh, travel in his neighborhood, talking about people... uh, refusing to worship idols and worship one God. Now, as people came around him and asked him questions, and this is important for us to understand Islam, they would, let's say, ask him, Oh, Prophet Muhammad, which way I should pray? Or, Prophet Muhammad, which, uh, uh, how many wives should I marry? According to tradition, he will shiver. um, And then he would have ringing in the ears, or he would foam at the mouth. But once he has that spell of shaking... He would say dafiruni Dafiruni means cover me Once they cover him Whatever he says That's God speaking In in Islam it's God speaking to Gabriel The angel that uh, appeared to him in the cave He called him Gabriel But God speaking to Gabriel Gabriel speaking to Muhammad Muhammad speaking to the people And the people around him His disciples Would write down the words On piece of wood or leather Or even stone or bone so the Qur'an was not collected by Muhammad, it was collected later. But see, this is a very much a, another difference between us and Islam, is that in Christianity, God's word became Jesus. In Islam, God's word became book. So it's very important, when they say the Qur'an says it, that's not the words of Muhammad, that's the words of God. And what do you do with the book? You obey so the best thing you can do in Islam is to be a slave, to obey. In Christianity, you are a child. The best thing you could do is to worship. So to understand Islam and Muslims, is, for, you have to look at the life of Muhammad, number one. You have to look at him. So he's is now the final prophet. God spoke to him. His words of the Quran, these are not his words, these are the words of God. So in chapter 4, verse 34, on God telling women... Telling um, men to beat their wives you, How can you argue with that? See, if somebody starts beating their wife You can say to them Hey, the Bible doesn't say you beat your wife But in chapter 4, verse 34 of, of the Quran It says, it has a list What to do if you are upset with your wife And one of them is beat her So the, the problem comes Well, how are you going to start? You can say, well, don't beat your wife Why? God said, I can't He gave me permission I usually like to play and say Ladies, uh, would you please at the break Tell me when is a good time to beat my wife, Lisa? But this is one of the struggles today in, in, in the Muslim community because the Quran allows that there is this violence against women. Uh, there is a Quranic verse on uh, being pure. So the, the practice of female um, circumcision is, is all over uh, the Muslim world. And uh, according to United Nations, 7 million uh, young girls go through this every year. And so these are high numbers And uh, the most famous uh, model that went through it is Iman Hirsi Ali who became a member in the parliament of Holland. So that's one of the struggles because if Allah says it, if the Quran says it, that's God's word, not Muhammad. In 622 AD, Muhammad began war against the pagans. He beats the pagans and in 630 AD, he takes the city of Mecca, destroyed the idols and make it the center of worship. Then Muhammad dies at 6.32 with abdominal pains and high fever. According to the hadith, according to the traditions of Muhammad, Muhammad uh, was poisoned. Uh, they don't say the name of the woman, but they accuse a Jewish woman. Uh, I think it was one of his wives. Uh, one of his wives was a was a result of a battle. He, um, he won over this uh, tribe, Jewish tribe. And then uh, he uh, married this young lady Who was supposed to be like the daughter of the chief Well, th- he married her the night of He killed her father, her brother, and her husband That's when he married her So my gut feeling, maybe she was the one However, he was poisoned eating like uh, a leg of lamb And he died Now there was a struggle in Islam Who speaks now for the Muslims? See, it's very important God speaks to Gabriel, Gabriel speaks to Muhammad, Muhammad leads the Ummah, the nation, the Muslims. Muhammad is dead. What do we do? Look at the Bible. If you have a faith, if you're a Christian, what happened when Jesus died and was put in the tomb on Friday? What happened? There was no more disciples. They all ran away. What what brought them together is the resurrection. So for the Christian faith, our leader is not dead, he's alive. And the way we know that, look at the book of Acts. If Jesus was really dead, nothing would have happened. Why, why would they they'd be so excited, right? But the tomb was empty. They saw the Lord near and everywhere. With Islam we had a struggle. Muhammad's tomb is there, what do we do? He's not here to lead the people. So there was a conflict. Those who followed Ali, his first cousin, became Shi'at Ali. And most Muslims today, about only 10% of the whole Muslim world is Shia. So when you take all Muslims, most of uh, most of the people you meet will be Sunnis. I'll come to that in a minute. But most of the Shias are in Iran, southern Iraq, northern Saudi Arabia, parts of Libya. And because Iran has oil, all this money is being spent to propagate... Shia Islam, and in 1979, Ayatollah Khomeini took over, and Ayatollah Khomeini said, the best days of Islam are the days of Muhammad, so we want to move the Muslim community back. He could have said, no, we want to modernize Islam, but he said, no, no, the best days of Islam are the days of Muhammad. We need to move back. So this is important. The whole nation is run by by the Mullah Council, Uh, And they are there because they know religion Not because necessarily they have a degree in medicine Or education Or engineering They are there because they are religious leaders Uh, The other group were called the Sunnis Meaning they will follow the Sunnah, the path So you might meet somebody and they would say Sunni, oh that's great, there is a path But there is interpretation of this path And they go look into the Quran The Quran becomes the holy book of Islam Now, we have a training, five days training called Sahara Challenge. A section of it is on magic and Islam. When you are in medicine or doing any ministry in a community, you need to know folk Islam. Uh, After the session, you're welcome to come talk to me. But one of the best books to read is called The Unseen Face of Islam by Bill Musk. He has two books, but the first book is is a must. It's called The Unseen Face of Islam by Bill Musk. Which talks about magic in Islam. Even Muhammad practiced some of these things because Muhammad was always afraid from cursing. And the last uh, few chapters of the Quran are chapters toward of jinn and toward of curses. So it's very important to understand if Muhammad practiced it, it's already in Islam. You might get a patient and you look at them and you're like, what happened? And they would be practicing folk Islam. Uh, we were on a mission trip in the Bihara Valley. We had a few Americans. And um, we went to this Bedouin tribe And the Bedouins in, in Lebanon They just have these tents beautiful On the outside it's all made of goat hair But when you enter it's so roomy And they have these Persian rugs And you sit there And we had uh, a team So the head of this group Said would you please come To have tea So we're sitting there Drinking their tea and they had so much sugar You know no wonder they're diabetic No <laughs> So much sugar So uh, one of the team He had this um, Issue where his pigment is, is uh, disappearing I don't know if you've seen people like that Where the pigment leaves and it looks like more like an albino So we, we started talking and we're having fun And we're telling stories And we started sharing some testimonies And then we said, you know, dear, dear chief We thank you for hospitality. we want to leave As we leave him, he grabs my hand And grabs his guy's hand And he says, oh, can you tell me what's his problem? I said, what do you mean, what's his problem? He goes, what's going on with his face, with his skin? I said, uh, he's just, I, so I talked in English and translated, because I'm just losing my pigment. So he looked to his wife, they're all black covered, like all hijabi, black cloth. I said, uh, he goes like this, and she, he brought his daughter, and she was covered, I couldn't see anything. He told her, move your hand, uh, your clothes, and we could see her hand, from here to here, it's all, Um, Like um, wrinkled Like the skin has been messed messed with Um, I said, what's going on? He goes, she has the same problem like this young man And we took her to Egypt We drove, we did all these magic things on And it didn't work And you look and say All all they need is somebody to tell them There's nothing wrong with this lady It's just something happens She's not going to die This young man, everything He said, I can do everything It's just my pigments is leaving. That's all. Is, is going away. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is, you need to study on magic and Islam, so you will catch things early. Because you might look at this and you might say, "Oh, they're abusing her." They're not. They took her to different places, but they were doing magic on her. And he said, even he said something like, "They used acid one time." Well, he used acid on skin. It's going to mess it up It doesn't matter So it, some of the things You need to be aware of Before you start talking to people One of it Is their magic So one of the things we do is uh, Read the book But if you come to the training It's very important Because when I enter a house When somebody comes to talk to me I always look at the clothes At the hair What are they putting around In the house What did uh, Around them in their clothes When you enter the house What do they have on the walls What do they have on the table It's important to know as their magic But the Quran becomes a power object in the Quran, you might find it put on a shelf. Or they might tell you, Oh, I wrote a verse from the Quran, and I put it under my, my clothes. Uh, I had a classmate who would write a couple of verses of the Quran, and put it on a piece of paper under his right uh, sleeve. And I say, why? He goes, so when I take the test, I can pass. You know, well, I hope you studied, you know. But the whole idea is that, um, that you have that kind of magical sense in Islam. The second thing... About the, uh, the Quran It becomes a power object And the second thing is the hadith The hadith are traditions on Muhammad On the life of Muhammad So these were written 300 years after he died So we really don't know if these stories are true or not But there are about uh, 7000, 8000 stories about Muhammad How he had sex with his wives How he ate How he went to the bathroom How how he went hunting How did he you know, fight So what happens, that becomes a model for how we behave as uh, as Muslims. There is a YouTube clip now, in Arabic, it's kind of funny, it makes me smile. It's this guy, I think he's in somewhere, Washington DC, telling Muslims how to eat like Muhammad ate. It says in the hadith that Muhammad only used these three fingers, the front three fingers. So when you eat, you know, you touch the food like this way. If you use your five fingers, that's a sin. You already broke the sunnah, broke it. And you look at it and you think, seriously, I mean, there are, there are Muslim doctors now, Muslim engineers, Muslim professors, like, seriously, these are people watching your YouTube to eat like this, you know. So we can't use chopsticks, that's a sin now. So one of, that's one of the issues of the hadith. Now I want to do this I, because I have a ton of information, but let's do take some questions on a little bit the life of Muhammad uh, on how it impacts Islam. Any questions? I know it's too early. Yes, brother. I the is is it history or oh, thank you. The Quran is the word of God. One of the problems of the Quran is when you read it, it doesn't um, make sense sometimes because it's not coherent. So let's say you're reading the chapter on women So chapter 4 I'm reading chapter 4 And it talks about women Suddenly he's talking about Moses It's like, how do we get to Moses? We're talking about women And then after Moses, well, don't eat pork I'm like, how are we moving? It's because Muhammad will be asked these questions Then he will have the spell, remember? When he have that spell Now it's the Quran That's the holy God's word So that was copied what happened before or after is not there When you and I read scripture The story is told It says Jesus was walking into Jericho And there was a man blind See, so you and I have the context In Islam well, oh, that was happening all the time And Am I doing anything? I'm from Lebanon Don't scare me It's my jacket Let me see. This may be this one here. Okay.